Well, now this is my daughter Melissa's favorite song. This is called My Beautiful Girls. Really? This is Melissa's favorite song? Well, only because she knows it's about her and ah, That's <laughs> so funny. It, that's My Beautiful Girls are Melissa and Kristen. I, uh, I figured that much. <laughs> <laughs> now this, you know, it's funny. This song really sounds, you know, it sounds weird for me to say it, but this sounds like a Ken Navarro song. And I've had people say, you know, it's their favorite song because it's, it's classic me, you know. But um, it's funny. It, this is, actually came from more of a Latin kind of place. And you know how it is when you write something and then you, you demo it and then you record it and then you, you, it's produced and mixed and finished. They have a way of going where they're going to go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you can't always say, this is going to... I mean, many times I'm successful. Keep it, you know, I know where I want a song to go from the inception to the finished product. But sometimes they go where they're going to go. And bringing in other people, other musicians, um, in particular the way that I bring you in, not just as a keyboardist, but as, uh, as somebody who's... Uh, co-arranging the keyboard parts and, and, and as you know there are many keyboard parts in some of these songs um, things are going to go where they're going to go and where they should go and this one to me sounds a little you know more uh, 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 happy uh, pop than, than, than I think the way I originally conceived it which was more of a Latinish. believe it or not it could have almost been Another one of those '70s fusionish kind of kind of things. If I pushed it a bit harder in that direction, ooh boy, that's a what's that, what is the name of that sound, Jay? That was that, um, that Ob Ob Sweep. It's a it's a sound oh, it's from a Sweep. Yeah, yeah, it's a sound from the from the XB30. We had never really used much of that stuff before, and you know, I mean, on this record, when we first started doing it, you know, we wanted to incorporate some new things, you right. know, just so it wasn't a ditto. We in, in over the course of it, we ended up using things we've used in the past, such as like harps and you know the Fantasia belt, those kind of parts. I mean, they creep in right, there, but sure. but but things yeah, like but, I mean, sometimes that's just the right thing to do. Yeah, and uh, but like things like the sweep, this sweep sound in particular, um, you know, it was great for me. I, I just love you know working with sounds within a within a song and and, and seeing. How, it, how it'll happen and, 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 and there's a lot of happy accidents that happen that way I don't really get too much in the customizing sounds unless unless we really have to but in this the way this like the timing of the sweep within the sound once again it was phrased you know right in the pocket with the groove here so exactly. it, it worked well oh yeah no and, and I mean you know that real that funky clav type part that you're playing too is really you know another sound that I mean sometimes just the sound of 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 a part it, it has so much to do with the way the song feels to the listener I know how it affects me anyway and uh, you know that I knew right away when when we were in the demo stage and you came up with this uh, I don't know that it's a class and a wah clav it's actually um, it's a it's an analog sound from the from the Yamaha motif ah um, okay yeah and it's real I didn't think it was a clav but it, I mean it, it comes across as that sort of a, a, a part again though that's kind of a 
kind of keeping in what you were saying before when we were trying not to repeat ourselves. You know, you, you could have probably played that with a clav part and instead dug deeper and came up with the, that, that kind of an analog synth sound instead to do the same thing. Well, it's real fat. It's, you know, it's almost like mm-hmm. the kind of sound that Prince might use, you know, or mm-hmm. Jam and Lewis on some of their earlier records. Right. You know, real, real R&B kind of sound. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably what took this, one of the elements, as I say, the way a sound is, can really affect the way a song comes across. It's probably one of the things that took the song more into an R&B popish place for me than a Latin. And by the way, I mean, that's great where it went. Um, but I, I, as I listened to it with some distance, I remember, you know, where it was coming from. God, I think we're already up to the title track. Yeah, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> now, this has got a cool feature with... with with <laughs> with a cool pitch bend synth part uh, on the right side and then my wah-wah guitar part on the left. And even though we did them at two separate times, they very much are like the secondary interaction going on throughout the whole song. Yep, there it is. That's a cool analog synth part right there. Do, 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 you know? Yep. That's a great part. And I like, in, in the world, it's her electric piano just gives it a mm-hmm. vibe, you know? It's like a smoky, exactly. a smoky yeah. R&B yeah. kind of vibe. I love that texture, you know? Like, the world, sir, like, automatically takes you back to Al Green or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, just yeah. Al Green yeah. or, the, or the staple singers, you know? <laughs> just all those, all those great classic R&B records. Right, right, exactly. There's the horns, those horns. Yep. Yeah, and there's there's Rob's tenor, tenor again. I think I had him play tenor on three of these songs and soprano on the on six of them. Yeah, well he play, I mean he's he's so great at both horns, you know. It's just yeah, it's, he really he really is. He's. I'm just kind of listening to the noticing this is that guitar octave texture where you you don't play octaves which I do sometimes but where you you double track it and you play one an octave lower than the other part and it's an interesting thing because it allows you to get all these very specific articulations that that can only happen by double tracking it yeah. I always like that texture I've, I've people have used it for a long time but it still, it still sounds fresh now this this is one of the songs that I wrote with Roberto Valle, and um, it's um, it, this one really did. You know, we were talking about my beautiful girls. How it started out more Latin and went to more of an R&B Latin direction. This one was R&B from the beginning, and I think we just really really took it there. You know, and stayed right on that track. You know. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And Blues and Gary, you know, by keeping their parts very about much about the groove you know um and and kevin you know it's funny kevin's very meshed in on congas on this one but, yep but he's it's important what he's doing it's you know yeah god yeah. you know it's it's just you know the more stuff i listen to that that doesn't have live drums and live bass on it you know i i yeah, I All can't deal records. with it anymore. I can't deal with I, it either. I mean, it's I'm like, really aware, and, and it's it, it's it's fun. I mean, sometimes there are sounds that you get that way, you know, that are obviously not real, but are are certainly, you know, great and exciting and, and, and 
put a stamp on a song. But I don't know. I mean, there's a give and a take going on when with, with real players like this, especially when you have at least four of them playing at the same time. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how you you duplicate that with with machinery. It's just... It's just—it's too much trouble, even if you could. Yeah, and <laughs> you I mean, may as well do the use the great players. You know? And Gary's and Blues's playing is so of the genre that we're in, you know. It's, oh, exactly, exactly. Now, but here we go in a completely different direction, and uh, everybody sounds completely at home in this, you know. Yep. Um, and this really is a very much alive thing. This is, for those who don't know, this is a song called Lakes that Pat Metheny wrote about 35 years ago. <laughs> or maybe, no, more like 30 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we gave it a very updated treatment. Um, really, I don't know why, you know, I never quite understand why sometimes I really, I always feel like I get a good sound on the nylon string guitar. But especially from a recording standpoint but there's something about this song man it just sounds like a bell to me it really it's really happy with how it sounded maybe because it's so open and you can hear everything about the guitar's color oh yeah yeah now he he played this on um solid body oh right? yeah they yeah it's very electric he might have actually probably used his his fat body f-175 because yep. that's what he was playing back then that's right i meant but, i meant the uh yeah the f the his 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 hollow no, body jazz way ele- very electric you know um and of course you know the nylon string couldn't be more acoustic i mean there's no nothing there's some reverb on this uh you know subtle um but it's all about you know the sound of the guitar and the playing of course we're in the, <laughs> we're in this part of the tune that's just the the, the really really hard chord changes and then you know it, it's a uh, I'm looking forward to us playing this live. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I gotta start. I gotta have to start practicing it again, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to Me be too. as loose as I was when I recorded this solo, I was just loose. You know, I mean, I, I, I didn't have. I just had practiced it and thought the chord changes so hard and long that I was able to let go. Right here is like an example of that. I don't think I could think that. No, I love that part, but but yet that part, you know, it's 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 very mo- it's a sophisticated kind of motivic playing, and it covers all the chord changes. I mean, it's it's all but right it's, there. But it's 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 like a, it's all something like this is all about working so long at it that it becomes instinctive, and you you actually forget everything. You work so hard, so you forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and that that's what that's about. Yeah, that was. Now, a- this is this this is the. You know, I don't, I don't know how nuts you were about this idea when I came up with it, but this is where we had your piano drop out so that I could just play acoustic rhythm guitar and have a soprano sax solo. And it's a very open texture, I mean. You know, and then we brought your string part back in for these, these B sections, I guess you'd call them. Well, it's almost reminiscent of, of, you know, like when Stan Getz would make the records with Charlie Bird, ah, you know, with no, yeah. with no piano on them. I mean, it's right. So right. It, it it kind of brings you into that kind of mode for a while. I think it's gorgeous, you know. Well, I, I mostly in my mind it was like I want to have a big texture change, you know. Yep. Uh, and I also knew we were going to have a piano solo after this, an acoustic piano solo, and I, I I wanted that to sound really fresh and like a texture change when it came back in too. <laughs> Rob does some nice stuff here. Yeah, he was 
he reminded me of Wayne Shorter a little bit, just that kind of yeah. soprano playing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he came in and played on the demo, which I always do before the real sessions I have him on, um, he had never heard this tune, and he was just sight reading. And and he made, at first, I mean, he made mistakes. Anybody would. But it was surprising how much of the spirit that we ended up with on the final CD, you know, was right there in his first take, you know? And he does a nice ending here that leads into your solo. Yeah. It's a nice handoff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially at a tune like this, it feels like a relay race to me, you know? Uh, And so that handoff when one runner gives the other one the baton is... is, uh, uh, an analogy that I, I visually I can see it when, when it happens. Yeah, I like that right there. Yeah, that was a nice line. It was that's what was fun for me, you know, to like really to learn this tune and, and, and get into you know the the extensions of the chords like that right there. I love those alterations. Right, right. right. You know, and it's there's that triplet. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, that was something that I think that was a happy accident because then Kevin followed you like you know with 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 an echo of it yep this is a really really nice ending very lyrical <laughs> and then back into that that head and as simple and as beautiful as this melody part that begins and end, ends the song seems it is also extremely sophisticated, and if you listen to the bass part, I mean, I, 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 there was a music teacher I know, a professor at a university. He looked at the sheet music and said, "This can't be right." <laughs> well, it's all. I mean, it's almost like trial and error reharmonization, you know? It's, right. It's right. probably, and, and when you consider how young Matheny was when he composed it, you know, he composed this, I think, at a time in his life when, when he was exper- doing those kind of experiments and. And it's not right. always about rules. It's about what sounds good underneath exactly. the Exactly. Following your ears and, and not your mind. Yep. You know? Even at that's one of the things I love about Pat is even at his earliest work, he was pursuing it that way. You could always tell it wasn't it wasn't gonna be about what other people thought was right. It was gonna be what his hearing told him and what his vision of what what he could do to, was was speaking oh, yeah. to him that he followed, you know. Yep. Well, and here's just like that, right? Just just like that? We're just like that? <laughs> yeah, this, this um, you know, I, not that I took, you know, all my influence for this CD from, from music from my past, because there's really only a few tunes that are directly like that. But this is one that I'm not sure where the inspiration for it came from. Um, but I can tell you that when, I, when we got into the keyboard parts, and the actual recording and production of the song, I, the whole CTI, you know, those old Freddie Hubbard, George Benson, uh, Stanley Turrentine records, kind of became an inspiration for the, for the sound of this anyway. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, this is another one where it's got some really, really nice horn, you know, keyboard horn parts that you came up with. Um, but it really has a strong acoustic piano part, and really the acoustic piano is is the key key uh, keyboard in this song for me. Yeah, it ended up happening that way. I mean, I think yeah. you know, when we did the demos, it was kind of hard to determine 
what was going to be, uh, you know, the main keyboard part. You know, for a while it was Rhodes, and then I think um, mm. the horns were always working pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember that. You know, because this was this was one of the first I think um, you know songs that I worked on, and, and and there was a little bit of concern. I mean, I heard you know the A section is a real pop tune, and I, and I kind of there's always a bit of trepidation starting a new project anyway, because you start sometimes you you feel like you're competing with past projects you've worked on mm-hmm. and i mean you know for you and i can i mean after you know god what nine records now you know yeah. there's a lot there's there's a lot you know there's a lot of history you know and like yeah oh and, yeah and we don't want to have the fans you know think they're buying the same thing all the time you know i mean it's, it's got to keep growing and there has to be absolutely yeah it's all about it's all about growth and and continuing to explore new places. And it's well, I think you, you touched upon something a moment ago um, when you said that, you know, you heard that first section originally with more of a pop thing. And I think you came up with some nice parts for it, but it wasn't how I heard it. And I think that's an example of, of a time when I felt like, um, no, I don't want it to go off in that other direction. I want it to stay. I ha- You know, I want it to stay in this other place where where I conceived it. Remember we were talking about with My Beautiful Girls how it did go off in some other places and they're cool and, and you know. And I think that's that's part of where where people are always wondering what a producer is, you know. Yep. And I think that that's an example of it. Now in my case, you know, it's I wrote the song, it's my C D and all that, but that's an example where a producer, whether it's their music or not, says, you know, we got to be careful. I, I, we're going off in something that's cool, but it's not what I'm conceiving. You know what I mean? So oh that, yeah. That that's an element. Now this this guitar solo at the end is one of my favorite ones on the CD. Oh, I it's, love this. It, it owes a fair amount, as you pointed out to me, to to uh, to, and I didn't even know it till later. To to a great jazz guitar player named Pat Martino. You gave me a huge compliment when you said it sounded like Pat Martino playing a nylon string guitar. It does, um, man. And I didn't it's... even mean to. I mean, I had no idea. You know, I just yep. knew that. You know, this is what seemed like what I should do. But, the but root, again, this... The roots of this, this solo, I remember we played a version of Sonny, you know, and I think right. you were, you were, you had checked you out... You know, you're right. You had checked out Pat Martino's thing, and, and right. my favorite quote was when you did Flight of the Bumblebee. Is that going <laughs> right, to right. happen here? Is there a Flight yeah, of the yeah. Bumblebee quote here? Right. Well, your, your timing is perfect. Here it is. <laughs> I love that. You know, I'm still trying to learn how to play that quote in all 12 keys so I can incorporate it into more, <laughs> more of my solos. 